right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management, we talk about rehab after surgery, we talk about improved mobility, and we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right. Welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy, a great podcast that highlights great people. How are you two doing? This is Kaylee. This is Chris. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing, doing well. How are you? What? See, Chris, did you see how she did that? Yeah. She asked me how I was doing. You just sort of said, fine. Just, she asked I'm me. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well, Kaylee. Thank you very much for asking me. <laughs> All right. For the listeners out there, give us a little background, Kaylee, on who you are and why you're such an incredible OT professional. So uh, my name is Kaylee Munch. I am originally from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I started out with my career being interested always in just how people are and just how they function in life. So at first I went down the route of getting a degree in psychology because I kind of thought I always, I always knew that I wanted to work with people, but I wasn't really sure exactly how. And that just kind of seemed like the first route that seemed to be what I should do. So then kind of as I started to study it, go into a little bit more of biology because I was getting my bachelor of science. So I was also exposed to some physics, some anatomy, um, I really started to enjoy the interaction between psychology and biology, and someone kind of pointed me down the road of occupational therapy. So I did my shadowing for school, absolutely loved it, was very passionate from the beginning. Um, I was lucky enough to get into the University of Pittsburgh, which has a great Master of Occupational Therapy program, and graduated from there in 2016. And then I ended up moving down here to Jacksonville, Florida, because while I love Pittsburgh, I don't love the weather. So I wanted to be more in the beach, the sun, and then that's how I ended up into hand therapy. Fantastic. Now, uh, Dayton, home of a great museum there. That Aaron's, uh, it's the, the Aaron Space Museum. Isn't that what, it, what what's? The Wright-Patterson Air Force Museum. That, that's it. That's it. I couldn't remember. All I remember is like they have Air Force One there. Yeah. And then everything else. That's and then that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but put that on your bucket list. It's pretty spectacular. I, I was really, yeah. I couldn't remember the, the name of it, but because you bailed me out on that one. Chris, come on, give us a little background. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm from uh, Kokomo, Indiana, originally. Um, definitely not a place to get away from it all. Um, so <laughs> basically, it um, sounds so I got... tropic with that Kokomo. <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> um, basically, I uh, was involved in OT. From an early age, at 15, I had a major hand injury. And at 20, I had a major hand injury. So I basically was brought into this whole thing by uh, my own experiences. So that's what kind of directed so me towards you my path. Gotta to ask, you got to ask the question. I got to ask the question. Major hand injury. How did that Electric happen? Electric injury for the left hand and meat uh, cell injury for the right hand. <sighs> Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, it brought you to this point. All right. Yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. So those, I, I went yeah, to IU, uh, IU uh, basically for schooling. Uh, I was pre-PT. I decided to switch to OT. Um, been doing that for 
you know, did that for three years and uh, basically got a bachelor's in occupational therapy. Okay. Okay, Carly. Let's uh, now that we've already sort of talked about the the street cred of you both, let's talk a little bit about OT and the professional healthcare. Ta- explain to us a little bit about that, uh, Kaylee. What is OT? What is it in the in the healthcare field? So the role of OT is to holistically treat an individual. And so that's looking at the person and not really jumping over Mm. their head and treating the condition. We're really focused on that person and how any type of medical condition or injury affects them. Um, So as an OT, your job is to go in and you want to maximize that person's ability to be functional, functional, independent, and just enjoy their life, have good life satisfaction. Um, So we look at the whole being in terms of the mental, physical, and social needs that are required of them to have that life satisfaction and be independent. So when someone has a medical condition or an injury, it can really alter their life. And so our job is to help them with that quality of life. We either restore their ability to perform daily tasks, which what we call activities of daily living or ADLs. But when restoration isn't possible, so for an example, if it's a chronic condition or it could be a neurological condition that this condition probably isn't going to help them get much better, um, we can adapt or compensate to to provide them with different types of techniques or environmental modifications to really help them be able to get as much as they can out of life. See, that's interesting because I, 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 you know, there's a fallacy that exists out there in the, uh, today. It's like, OT, always hands, always hands, always hands. Uh, but talk to us, Chris, about you were in PT and then you decided, Hey, I'm going to go to OT. What, what, what type of education are we talking about? What type of training are we talking about? That's sort of a interesting shift based off of what, uh, Kaylee was saying. Okay. So currently right now, the professors move towards a master's. So you'd have to get a bachelor's degree and then be applying to a OT program um, to, and then get accepted into that program. When you pass that program, um, you have two, three month rotations in, a, in the clinical sites on the job training. And basically from that point, then you have to then apply to uh, the national boards, pass your national boards. Once you pass your national boards, then you're uh, certified, you're, you're a registered therapist, licensed, and the license you go for the state license, and they usually just go ahead and give you that, and once you pay your fees and fines, so. <laughs> it gets down to fees and fines, fees and yep. fines. Fees well, and that's, fines. but but to to sort of dovetail a little bit with uh, what Kaylee talked about, it, I'm I'm still me personally wrestling with the difference between OT and PT. So yeah, I I got the PT. I got a hip flexor issue. Oh, I know, but the tell, I mean, for clarification, what's that difference? I like to say that basically um, PT teaches you how to get to, from point A to point B. We teach you what to do at point A and point B. Do you guys have so a better So if you're going to the bathroom, team? if you're walking to the bathroom, <laughs> they're going to show you how to walk to the bathroom, but we're going to show you what to do in the bathroom when you get there. Well, very good. Well, <laughs> Function. <laughs> Function, baby. Function. Yeah. Well, okay. So, okay. Back to you, Kaylee. It, it, it's a question. Where do, where does OTs work? Where do they work? I mean, it's, I, I got it. Where do you, where do you guys work? 
We work in so many different settings, which is so exciting to be an occupational therapist that when you get bored or you're in a setting that doesn't seem to really fit your personality or your skills, you can go to different settings. So we treat everyone from birth throughout life and into death. So we can be, a, we can be skilled health professionals in the NICU. Um, we can work in early intervention when children aren't um, developing typically that we would want them to be. We can work in schools. Um, we can work in the hospitals or what we're typically known for, acute inpatient. We work in the home health field as well, which is really important because we're able to be very skilled with doing any type of environmental modification to make people be able to age in their home. Um, we are involved also with the work conditioning programs and um, we can also work with hospice so we have a lot of different routes that you can go down as an occupational therapist i, I should look outside my studio because apparently you could work there too and i'm looking <laughs> no ot there i mean that's amazing it's really it's it's a it's a very broad profession if i and 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 you can truly impact in a positive way many many individuals now to you chris real quick uh ot what, what can OT do for their patients and how do they, you know, sort of help them? I got it. I got it. You could pretty much be everywhere, but how do you take this and do this and something that's real tactical? How do you manage well, we, that? We call it activity analysis. So we break down the task uh, into smaller portions to simulate those smaller portions to get it back to where we need to, to get you back to. So see this, I, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pretty dense. Uh, and I and uh, asked my wife, she knows I'm pretty dense. <laughs> but you're saying, like, like you, like the analogy that you provided, hey, A to B, A to B, PT, A to B. And then you're saying from a from a quality perspective, we could, you know, what do you do at, at B? What do you do at A? What do you what do you do in between and all of that stuff? So is there, are there a mental component too as well? And uh, uh I'm trying. It's, it's it's like you're looking at that whole individual, right? Not just right. like, man, my arm is like, yeah, it works. Right. So basically, we work on also the, the mental capabilities and um, uh, maybe make things modified so patients can actually perform their everyday tasks. Um, okay. Okay. For an example, strategies are also a very key thing in a lot of people that they are high anxiety and they can't function in society because of their anxiety wow but you also do sort of do you do, take into consideration ergonomics too like, yes ergonomics like, is a big part it's like hey you know uh, a lazy boy is better than you know a little but you take that into consideration too as well huh no lazy boy is ever good <laughs> I, I have to agree with you uh, somebody was saying hey hey scott buy a lazy boy i said it's never gonna happen never no I don't even like the name. Sorry, lazy boy. It's okay. So anyway, let's let's sort of progress because my fallacy. I see what you guys are doing. I see the big picture, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the certified hand therapist. What is that, Kaylee? Because so, I thought OT was always hands. Yeah, I thought it was always hands. So a certified hand therapist can be an occupational therapist or a physical therapist, and they work specifically oh. in hand therapy rehab. 
So we see typically anyone that has any type of shoulder, elbow, wrist, or hand injury that's affecting their ability to function. So it's from the shoulder down to the hand. Mm-hmm. So that certification is shoulder there. down to the hand. Yes. So what type of, and this is to you, Chris, what type of additional training do you need? I mean, I, I mean, you, you get your master's, you're an OT person, you're pretty much solving the world's problems. And now you want to become a certified uh, hand therapist. What additional training do you need? Okay. Well, basically you have to have at least three years of practice in the oh. hand field. Um, when I got in, it was five years, but they've changed to three years now, 4,000 hours worth of actual work in the hand therapy field. And then that way you can actually sit for that test. That test is, it goes over a broad range of everything in hands to research, to developmental, um, hmm. you know, things that happen. It's, it's a, a large gamut of things. Um, you have a, probably a total of probably 58 to 61% of the people that take the exam that year actually pass the exam. So it's a highly standardized. But let me, uh, so now that I'm a big uh, fan of OT professionals, no, I'm not saying PT, you're fine too, but OT. There's an overlap between the PT and OT, right? And when we start talking about if I if I'm a PT and I can get the, the certification and, and an OT could get the cert, are you doing the same thing or is there an expanded cap, uh, function that you guys perform as OTs? Kaylee. So we we look at things differently. So even though an OT and a PT can both be a certified hand therapist, PTs in general are very focused on the biomechanical theory and practice. And so what that means is basically they're really looking at the body and structures and how to restore them and rehabilitate them. And occupational therapist still does this. And that's where there is overlap and why we can commonly be be confused with each other. But an occupational therapist goes a little bit further and also looks at the other functions that are involved. So someone that might have um, some cognitive issues going on as well. Um, Someone that might have some psychosocial issues as well that is affecting their function. So that's where we're a little bit different. Tell you, man, you guys are in a very dynamic and fluid type of environment. Um, Let's, let's talk a little bit about the pandemic. How has your practice, and this is to you, Chris, how has the practice changed as a result of the pandemic? I get it. I get it. People's need. It didn't shut down the need to do all of this stuff. So how did it, how did it change your, your practice? Um, uh, the CDC guidelines have changed the practice quite a bit as far as like the cleanliness and cleaning up and all those things that have occurred since this has happened. Um, our caseload did dwindle down because people were more afraid about coming out of their place. Um, we found an increase in some therapy at home that we were doing. And we've also found telehealth as well as a good option for some people that are not willing to come out of their house because of the fear of the pandemic. So it's increased in the telehealth market. Has Kaylee, has, has the, even with telehealth, even with the the remote uh, uh, treatment, are you seeing the same level of success with people? It's like, okay, my, my, my hand is, are you seeing the same level of success, even though, though you're not there? So I have, through the pandemic, I have maintained hours in the clinic. And then I've also picked up on telehealth as well. So for some of my patients that may be at a vulnerable population, and it's not really in their safety, 
it's not really safe for them to come into the clinic, we offer those telehealth services. So just like OT and treatment in general, it really depends on the person. Um, I like telehealth where it is able to eliminate that access barrier. Access barrier mm. being that a person might have trouble physically getting there. Um, so yeah. in the way, telehealth helps, helps to eliminate that by allowing them to be seen virtually in their home. However, there have been times that I have, um, you know, seen and done a consult with a patient in telehealth and had to let them know, I think with the extent of your injuries, it would be a lot more beneficial for you to come into the clinic where I can do a lot more hands-on treatments with you. But in the case where it might be a patient who doesn't necessarily have to benefit from a type of what we call manual therapy, which is our skilled hands-on techniques that we do, it's completely appropriate. And most research, um, it's still developing, but most of the research is pointing in that it can be successful. I, 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 I go off on a tangent here. Now, to do telehealth, you need some sort of the, the technology that's got to be in the place. And I would imagine, does, does Cora help with that? It's like, yeah, you're a good candidate for telehealth, but you'll need the Wi-Fi and you'll need to jump on this platform and, and then go through that whole process. Do you, do you, have you had that conversation? Or has the conversation say, nope, I can't hear you. Nope, you, you, you mute it. No. So I have had the experience where I had a patient that even said like, I don't think this is for me. Goodbye. And just immediately you'll get off. And so hopefully I'll see you in the clinic. <laughs> but um, what's nice about Cora too, kind of with rolling out um, the telehealth services, we've also rolled out an online store that's ah. super beneficial for both patients and clinicians. So I'm able to very easily point my patients that prefer to be telehealth in the direction of the website that yeah. I can show them this is some materials that you should invest in in order to get the most that you can out of telehealth. And then that helps me as the clinician as well, because I can effectively treat my patient remotely through telehealth with the resources and materials that they need. So you got this online store, you get the old uh, uh, Cora physical therapy swag. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I, don't, it's like, I just wanted to say swag in that sentence. Uh, no, but you're able to, if done right, you can have this this technology benefit the people. Get online, get the, the get the the materials that they need to really truly benefit, and then have that engagement. That's that's pretty spectacular. Now uh, I, we're going to wrap it up, Chris. Now, but I got to talk a little bit about uh, community involvement with uh, with Cora. How's how's the OTs involved in the community? Um, there's several avenues that we're involved in. Uh, Active Tracks is one through Cora that they have. Um, and ActiTrax has worked in areas such as like uh, gaming conventions and uh, pickleball, especially in these retirement communities. Um, they've, they've run clinic out of those places too as well. So somebody comes injured, they, they assess them and treat them there on the site. Um, we also do uh, some testing with hand grip strength and, and things like that, just to give people a better idea of what's going on if they have an ailment. We do have free screening in the clinic as well. So for me, I would not want to get near you just because I don't want you to say that I've got an ailment. Do you have people mm -hmm. like that? Like um, you know? Not when they're out and about and doing their, their physical activity they like doing. I, I got to ask right. the question about active tracks. Define that. What is that? 
Um, I'm not really well versed on a lot of active track uh, because I'm not really involved too heavily in those things, but they do a lot more as far as like outreach programs uh, in the community, trying to bring people aware of Cora and aware of the services and everything that we bring to the table where we could get them. All right. So for the listeners out there that say, Hey, gosh, darn it. I want to talk to Kaylee. Ah, Chris, Chris, you know, he was great. How do I, how do I get a hold of Kaylee? Um, so you can reach me at my email. It's K and then my last name, which is Munch, M-U-N-C-H at CoraHealth.com. Very good. And you, Chris? C. Bloom, B-L-U-H-M at CoraHealth.com. And, and I would imagine if anybody listening and saying, yeah, this makes sense, you could probably just contact any particular core physical therapy and get some direction that way. Although they might just say, gosh, I want, I want Kaylee. But, you know, well, you know, sometimes Kaylee's not available and somebody else has got to be available. Just another reason to move to Jacksonville, Florida, like I did. <laughs> well, with that uh, NFL football team that nobody can really remember, right? Well, hopefully this season people will remember. Come on, Urban Meyer, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Hey, you two are wonderful. Thank you very much for joining In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy Podcast. Wonderful stuff. All right, listeners, you're going to be, uh, you, you need to reach out to these individuals. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know that Core Physical Therapy is always available. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. We're going to have another great interview right around the corner. <laughs>